do it again. Hello, hello, welcome back. Has it stopped yet? Did it stop? I can't tell. Good evening. Hi, Lauren on camera six. Good evening to everybody who's behind Lauren on camera six. My name is Jay Ryan. It's about 5.05 here in the PM on Thursday, January 12th. That's exactly right. That's what it is. <laughs> Thanks for clicking us on. Um, now that you've done that, please do hit the like, the subscribe, the bell, all of the things you're supposed to do on YouTube if you're watching us on something other than YouTube. Please support us however you're supposed to there. If there's a, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Scratch things or click them or whatever. Anyway, uh, okay. Uh, I have been running around absolutely all day today. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I would imagine that that shows. Um, I've been growing my hair still. That's the end of this. We're going to get a haircut on Saturday. We were supposed to have a guest in the name of Catherine DeLorean tonight. We still may. We're still hoping to. Uh, she's on the East Coast. They're dealing with a bit of weather. She's also traveling tomorrow, so they're on their way to the airport tonight to travel tomorrow uh, to go down to Miami to a car show. Um, I don't want to say too much in case she does jump in. I'll just say Malcolm Bricklin. How's that? Malcolm Gr Bricklin's got a new car, and she's going down there to help launch it. So um, I guess I did tell you. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, here's the good news. The reason you're all here. She's here. We're in her telephone shirt, looking lovely with her short hair. Nicole is here. Uh, also, also, way up in Canada. Where is he? There he is. All the way up in Canada is uh, Canada Mike, our producer, who is also the host of the Letterman Podcast. I have a feeling if we're killing time, we'll probably be talking about that, too. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but thank you very much for being here. Uh, also, also, thank everybody for watching the Rain Wilson episode from the other day. If you haven't had a chance to watch that yet, been getting great feedback on it, please give it a click. Uh, I don't know how you get to it from here, but you're on the internet. Just Google Rain Wilson and Late Night Playset, and you'll get there. Uh, in the meantime, Will, I think it's time for you to take it away.
there's nobody here and I filled the bubble machine, so I'm letting it fly. I love it. And that, whatever you play, sounds like the Christmas vacation music to me. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever I play. Oh, my goodness. Theme song. Ah, our theme song. You mean our theme song. Yes. I feel like every time I have to tell you I'm dumb all over again. So I will. There's a lot happening here, and if, if if I didn't mention it earlier, I haven't had a chance to catch up on anything yet today. There are still bubbles cruising around as well, so forgive me if I'm not giving you my full attention. It's just that I haven't had a chance to get mine yet. Money, everyone knows that I require a lot of attention. <laughs> I don't mean to. I'm sorry. I, I don't think anybody was saying that. Um. <laughs> I heard, Woo! It my, I heard it. Your, my ma- your magnet, <laughs> your magnet is strong. Uh, good evening, everybody. It's Thursday, January twelfth, two thousand twenty-two. You see the magic here. Anybody else see that magic? Does anybody else see it happening? Is it in the HD? Oh boy, where's it going now? Okay, Jay. What did they do on late night playset last night? Well, Jay watched the bubbles. <laughs> it is crazy to me, though. Is anybody? Else, can anybody else see it? It's a. It's going up now. I can't, but... You can't see this right now? I can. Oh, you can. And then there's little ones. Where are they all coming from? Well, it's weird. Anyway, normally they fall to the ground, everybody, and we're not so mesmerized. (laughs) Today, we're very mesmerized by it. Anyway, did I tell you? It's uh, Thursday, January 12th, 2022. I may sound like I'm high. I'm not. I just have been going nonstop since early this morning. (laughs) It's like a fly. This bubble's like a fly. Uh, and anyway, we are very happy to see you guys. Let's see. Howdy, peeps, says the letterman. Oh, that's you. All right. Get out of there. <laughs> Why is he? What are you doing? <laughs> All right. I give up. What do you guys want to do? <laughs> Let's say hi to Mike up in Canada. What's happening, Mike, in Canada? Uh, cars and cycling on the Instagram says this, my aunt who raised me like I was her son is dealing with MS. She's oh, a no. wonderful person, as is Nicole. Jay, you're cool, too. So there you go. Oh. Oh. And they bought a badge. I will say thanks for the inclusion. Thanks for including Jay there. But I know I know how it really is. Oh, what's happening here? Oh, good grief. Sorry. Um, anyway, it's these ones. They're the, they're, the, uh, they're the stars of the whole thing. I'm sorry that... Uh, you know, I, that's one thing I'm actually glad about that we're doing this, that other people reach out to us saying, hey, you know, uh, my friend got diagnosed from childhood. My wife got a thing with it. And I feel like, um, well, it's it's not new to us. It, it is new to them. So if there's anything you can do to, uh, I don't know, maybe just people see you trying and they see like, okay, well, no matter what happens in our life, we don't have to give up. We don't have to stop. We don't, it doesn't have to be the end. Yeah. I, the only, that's the only attitude to have around us. Well, I'm saying, I don't know, I'm saying that I think you're giving that to other people. <sighs> Am I making any sense? <laughs> yes, and I skip over what's said and go to the next step, so. Oh, okay. All right, well, that's too fast for me. I need everyone to slow it down tonight yes, because and I, I am very <laughs> slow tonight. <laughs> I see my rush, and I'm sorry. deep breath uh here let me tell you what i did today and i'll tell you what that that'll explain a little bit of my uh it's not exacerbation actually i feel great it just we didn't even have a second to get this uh show on all right a lot of stuff happening today a lot of uh a lot of errands all right 
here's what's going on in life with the Ryans. Woke up super early because we had that M shop appointment for the mini, right? It's all car stuff today. All car stuff, if I didn't mention that. Uh, so got up super early so that I could take the mini over to the M shop. Hadn't driven that mini in a couple weeks because she's been wanting to take yellow car places. And we were waiting for this service. Uh, oh my gosh, I love that car. I forgot. And you know, we did so many things to it right before we put it away. So like it's better than what I remembered of it, you know, because we put the, the, the Bridgestone tires on it. Thank you, Bridgestone and ID Agency. Um, um, and whatever, all the other stuff we did. So anyway, now they're figuring that out. Um, but that took a little bit, and then I Ubered back here, and then uh, and then uh, Yellow Car, if you didn't know, Yellow Car had a flat tire, or like a slow leak, we couldn't figure out what it was, I couldn't see a puncture, but there was a slow leak, and we just put new tires on it, so I knew it wasn't uh, a bad tire, thought maybe a leaky uh, valve stem or something like that, because it would hold at about 30 pounds, it wouldn't go flat, it just would go down to about 30 pounds and then hold there, but it wouldn't stay at my usual overinflated 45 that I'm comfortable at. Anyway, so when I got back from the uh, with the Uber, Kia Soul, by the way, I loved it. It's bright blue, like Laguna Seca blue almost. No, more than that, like Mexico blue almost, like Smurf blue. And uh, so I went over to Ron's Tire and uh, got the uh, yellow car in over there, and they were able to get it in, no problem. And uh, came back here, did some things, can't remember exactly what, and picked it up right before lunch. Hang on, I'm getting to it. Doesn't sound like a busy day so far. I'm aware of that. I want to say when I picked it up. Oh yeah, okay. So then we had to. Uh, they patched the tire. There was a there was a problem, so they had to patch it, which means they pull the wheel off, pull the tire off the rim, put the patch on the inside, remove the object, put the patch on the inside, reinflate it. It's a whole thing. It's not just a plug through the outside. Anyway, so that tire's patched, all fixed up. Um, but 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 I had to redo the Michelin uh, letters, and I had to do the cleanup for for Breakfast Club tomorrow. I had to do all that stuff, so I was down there for a little bit, and then I thought to myself, you know, what's really been irking us about Yellow Car for a while now, like before Yellow Car 2.0, right? This was like getting bad when the suspension and everything else was failing before before we got it in while we were waiting forever. Remember? Oh my God, I forgot all the fucking factors of all this. Do you remember how back ordered all the parts were because of the? <laughs> Supply shortages and shipping yeah. and holy I remember smokes. hearing about that constantly. Well, because we were so excited to get that. Th well, we got these parts. Great. We can fix the car and it won't get any worse. But then we had to wait months and months for the parts so that it did get worse. Anyway, Yellow Car started rattling apart. And we thought, uh, oh, Yellow Car 2.0 will, uh, you know, it'll tighten it back up. And, uh, and I'm just talking about, like, creaks and rattles inside the car. Obviously, the car is very, very sturdy. The chassis is incredibly stiff. Uh, but whatever, in the car, we were like, eh, 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 and it felt like, how strong is this race car? We just, it feels like it's really strong, but it doesn't, eh. Anyway, what was going on was this, this creek that we could not figure out for a month, well, shit, probably almost a year. And I finally figured it out. Uh, what I thought it was, I did some, got some tools out and did, did a little bit of tightening. Luckily, the yellow car is all exposed back there because we've taken so much stuff out so when it comes to fixing these types of things it's usually on the easier side i don't have to remove the seats or the panels or whatever because they're already out um but i tightened a couple things and i took it for a spin around the block and exactly the same i think i made it worse i was like what the fuck? and uh and what i thought it was was the rear window by the way the rear quarter glass the passenger rear quarter glass and uh, remember that our car has been windows out resprayed, so it's not just a factory car. Even though they put new glass in with new pins, new everything, 
it still isn't the same as when the factory does it. <laughs> Uh, so whatever, I tightened the one in the back, which is very easily accessible because we don't have a rear passenger uh, seatbelt. Anyway, thought that would do it. Did not do it. Came back, got the tools out, took everything apart, took all the seatbelt, the, the, your seatbelt out, took the whole wall off inside. Now the, whatever, I could see the nuts and I tightened it off. Took a spin around the block. Fixed. Silent. It's back Can't to being wait. a tub again. So I came back, put all that stuff back on. It doesn't sound like it. It was very, very um, time-consuming. It's a lot of work. But then to make sure, I took a spin up. Um, instead of just going around the block, I went up to uh, the place uh, to pick up our, uh, well, whatever, something else. <laughs> that makes it sound like drugs. Not that either. But movie prop stuff uh, uh, um, uh, from Earl Hayes. I had to go to Earl Hayes Press. Happens to be over by Jay Leno's shop. So I took a buzz up to Jay Leno's shop. And then came back and was so pleased. You know, we got to go by the airport. There's railroad tracks. There's all sorts of testing to do. Silencio. Can't wait. As excited as I was about the car, truly, I was more excited to come back and tell you about it. Thanks. (laughs) I knew you'd be the only one who, (laughs) the only other person in the world who cared. (laughs) That's Um, a game dater. Yeah, it was for us. So grateful. Yeah. Well, wait till you ride in it. Anyway, so then I came, so then we did that. I did that, and then I uh, got a phone call from the uh, from the the framers. Remember this? All right. <laughs> well, I hope you do, because it's not easy to get out. Remember this? Everybody remembers that. Canada Mike, remember that? Happy meal. Yeah, exactly. Good memory. When she called me, she goes, hey, your Heinz is ready for pickup. <laughs> I walked in, she goes, oh, are you here for your canvas uh, uh, painting? And I go, yes, it's uh, entitled Happy Meal. The artist called it Happy Meal. They all got a good laugh over it. They thought it was great. Uh, apparently, people have been offering to buy it while it's been over there. So that's kind of a nice thing. And they said, oh, it's not for sale. And I said, not yet. <laughs> because they all know it's going to be uh, for uh, your foundation. Anyway, allow me to change cameras and then go get the real deal. It's, it was too large to bring over here. So allow me. Excuse me. There's no, there's no drum roll, and you don't have to be quiet. You. I, I don't ever know what to say. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to fill time. Whoa! That's... Gorgeous. Oh. Does it fit? It fits. It's great. Yeah? Too close. Oh. Wow. Well, yeah, here, check out that detail. This is what you couldn't see in the, in the print. Look at all this beautiful. Isn't that incredible? It oh. looks awesome. You're awesome. Love it. Yeah. Here, I'll just put it here. No big deal. Now you can see how big it is. Oh, somebody can. (laughs) (laughs) Done. We'll just hang it right there. Oh, my God, it's huge. We'll just keep it there. Great. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy, right? Yeah. It's almost it as tall as so you. so good, though. Wow. That's dramatic. You're dramatic. 
Oh, you don't have to tell me. That's what she said. Hey! Ah. <laughs> From the office. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's a trivia question for somebody who's never seen the damn show, still. Who says that's what she said? Is that a rainism? Steve. Steve Carell? Yeah. Oh. Shit. I was hoping Yeah, Steve, and then, and then every once in a while, somebody else will say it, which is... But which is throw even back funnier to him. because but but because he said it all the time. It's like and when then, the other yeah. friends go, "Could I be any more scared?" Yeah, or whatever. There you go. They're, That's they're exactly all doing right. Chandler. He was so charmed with the fact that you had never seen The Office. Oh, do you yep. think so? You don't yep. think he was? He was stunned. Yeah, I think he was stunned for sure, and maybe even didn't believe me. You were an anomaly. Well, until, yeah, but then, but then you asked a couple of questions where he would be like starting to answer, and then he turned and go, "No, you wait. You really haven't seen the show, have you?" That's the moment I'm thinking of because I couldn't think of it. It was like he's got the ant farm or whatever, and then he goes, "Well, my the character." He said, "Some somebody else asked a question," and then I was like, "And and I don't know whatever the hell," and, and I was like, "Wait, your character is an ant farm or a fig farm? A what a beet farm? Kind of, a what kind of farm?" <laughs> Feed farm? It's a beet farm. A beet farm. That's right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to check it out this weekend. It's on Peacock. Available on Peacock. Anyway, it was funny because he was like, you really, we should put that up as a clip. That would be a good cut down. That moment right there where, he, totally. where he's like, you really haven't seen the show. <laughs> <laughs> and then I fought him on his point because I go, well, hang on. That sounds pretty <laughs> obscure that you've got a beet farm. You know, <laughs> and then you all just start laughing at me because, of course, you all know that I'm the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful show. I love that show. I want to. S- I, I, I thank you to everyone who participated. Obviously, it's rain that that made it great. I have been getting. First of all, we don't usually get feedback at all from this show. I think people are kind of amazed that we're still doing it, except for the loyal people <laughs> who watch it every single show. You know, uh, either get it or you don't. I'm okay with that. Uh, but I've been getting a lot of feedback from this show, the rain one. Obviously. I guess more people watched it, which makes sense. But, like, positive feedback. All positive feedback. Like, glowing. Like, I think people are blowing smoke positive feedback. I feel no, like you got to stretch her like it's a little as a new interviewer and talk to him on multiple levels. I guess. I, I mean, I, I'll appreciate any praise because you all know what a long road it's taken to get here. <laughs> You know how much work and how many skins we've had to shed. We, He and I worked together. Everyone had one thing they wanted to talk to him about. And you went through a bunch. The office wasn't interesting to me. I wanted to talk about House of a Thousand Corpses. I wanted to talk about Six Feet I know, Under. and all we ever worked on was the office stuff. And he always wanted to talk about the other stuff, too. Well, he probably thinks you coached me then, but either way, I hope it worked out. I sent him a message, too, saying that, you know, you and I were both actually really quite nervous, so I hope it was a painless experience. Um, he resp- Who dis? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fun, though. I feel, I feel like we all did a good job of keeping that one tight. I feel like everybody put their professional pants on for that show. You, me, him. Yeah. You, you. All the people here, all you crew yeah. members, you got Hank and Will and Lauren, Paul, Ariel, thanks everybody. <laughs> Way to go, team. It's a good episode. <laughs> thanks. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so anyway, we don't have a whole lot planned tonight other than Catherine does sound like she is going to join us. I don't know if she's going to do it from her iPhone in her car. 
Oh, I will show up if we have Wi-Fi in the hotel, and I am so there. I love you both so much. Okay, they're driving right now. Be there at 8.20, so I will be late. Well, it's 8.25 for us right now, so don't worry about that. Um, but she is going to try and make it, which is cool. <clears throat> she and Jason are on their way. Obviously, you know the new the DeLorean. Let me get this right. What's it called? The DeLorean Next Generation? Yeah, DNG. DeLorean Next Generation Project is uh, is a big deal, and it's actually happening. Um when I heard the amount of money that they have to fund, it, it made me be very grateful to be us and not have a car company. <laughs> I mean, it's intimidating. Anyway, she'll tell you. Um, it's, it's a gross number that they have to raise. But, but, but they're doing it. And um, she has been invited down to a, a car show in Miami. We'll find out which one. I did some research. I couldn't find it. But it's a big one because... Um, uh, they're unveiling the new Brooklyn there. Brooklyn was the other gullwing car from the 70s. Um, Malcolm Brooklyn uh, made it. People confuse them with the DeLorean. Like, oh, there's a painted DeLorean. Like, it's an orange DeLorean. I saw one the other day. Like, no, you saw a Brooklyn. And there are really n- almost no comparisons, like no similarities other than the gullwing doors. The DeLorean hasn't changed since it came out, right? It's still kind of the same. Well, this all depends on who you ask, right? Because there's a lot of controversy right now between the new cars. I'm there. asking you. The DeLorean came out in 1981 and 1982, and they sold the remnant ones as 1983 models after the whole bust and the company was no longer. Right. So, so they, until... I mean, people have changed those cars, but they left the factory a certain way in the 80s. and. That's what I wanted to know. And then before that, there was these Bricklands. That were this other so anyway, there's a new Brooklyn. So you got your new your Catherine DeLorean is doing the next generation DeLorean, right? And then Malcolm Brooklyn's doing a next generation Brooklyn right now. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. And then obviously there's the other stuff happening with the DMC Houston and their new Alpha DeLorean. <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah, you can't not piss somebody off in this whole thing, right? I'm getting that. Although that's not really true because Catherine doesn't really care. I don't think Houston cares either, to be honest with you. I don't think they see her as much of a threat. I don't think anyone that zooms out is worried about the little inconsequential stuff that we all focus on. I hope you're right about that. Me too. All right. Anyway, I did a bunch of other stuff today, but you also, you had uh, physical therapy today. (laughs) I'm walking back from the tire shop, and I'm getting all these front door calls. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, oh, shit, it's 9 o'clock. The guy was early. The guy was a few minutes early. Um, but whatever, it was uh, her physical therapy guy coming to the house, which is great because that's started. Yeah, and the occupational therapist did her eval this morning. I might have said the wrong thing. It might be occupational. We did both. both. Okay, we did cool. both. The guy today with the little exercise bike wheel, that was physical therapy. Yes. Okay. But the, the lady. She's the occupational therapist. They both said they're coming back on Monday. Are you aware they of They both are. Okay, cool. <laughs> wasn't for any of you but (laughs) family members like to know that we're doing medical stuff uh also man you know this is again it's just our life but we're sharing it with you because this is a journey and the autoimmunity foundation contributes to this podcast so um we are seeing a new neurologist uh which i can't describe it was like when we met the new gp it was like you know what all right here's just new ideas new thoughts not the same way of not whatever got you mucked down so deep last time when you were dealing with Western medicine. Yeah. 
the lady the other day to me, the girl the other day, I thought had a great bedside manner. She talked to you with respect and uh, goes a long way. Yeah. How, how are you? Glad that the team's growing, growing again. And you're okay with that because for a while you didn't want that. Yeah, I was tired of hearing the same regurgitated thing over and over from people that I went to to get varying opinions. Mm-hmm. And I was done with hearing the same thing that was negative all the time. Yeah. It all goes downhill, but we don't need to hear it all the time. It doesn't help anything. Auto Journey says the show with Rain Wilson was great. Well, we can thank, thank, thank Nicole for that. She's the one who booked Rain. Uh, have you considered doing a Clips Channel or playlist? Uh, yeah, absolutely, Auto Journey. Uh, we would love to do a Clips Channel. In fact, I think it's probably what this little thing has been missing for a long, long time. Uh, I don't have the headspace to do it. And uh, currently, we don't have the budget to add somebody else. We are going to be doing some fundraisers um, now and soon to help the foundation, to help be able to maybe generate a budget here, in which case um, that would be one of the first things we would do, adding a producer. Um, It might even be the same person. I don't know how it works these days, but definitely adding a producer and uh, somebody to do cut downs and social media. It's just one of those things. It's a job these days. It's a full-time yeah. job. You need somebody to do it's it. It's not you need to a hobby anymore. It. Yeah, and it's not easy anymore, too. Like, it's right. the type of thing you kind of used to do yourself, but nowadays it's full-blown. Mar- you need a damn degree to be able to do yeah. it properly. You have to put thought into what's going out, and not everyone does, so it's a job. Thanks, Auto Journey. Uh, and that's what makes the difference. You can just fire stuff out there, and then it doesn't burn up your energy and your whatever. Yeah. Or the way we kind of do things is we think about it a little too much because we put so much feeling into it and that's apparently what people resonate with. Uh, so we can't stop doing that part. We can't, whatever, you, you get it. <laughs> that's why you asked the question, yeah? I'm assuming. <sighs> Thanks for the compliments though. I can't believe, I mean, some people that I know, like it's not just f- fans and and car friend fan. I mean people that like <laughs> people that know me and us were saying very complimentary things and I, I, I still maybe everybody was drunk and high that night maybe just, I'm gonna say no I heard from someone I played hockey with who tuned in yeah okay she was complimentary also I appreciate that I guess what I'm trying to say is like <laughs> I'm looking for the peer award on this one. <laughs> you know, whatever that, whatever that one is. That's what I, I can't. I like these are people. These are my peers. They're not uh, people I went to high school with or college with that are in different fields. I'm talking about people who know this world. Got it. She's not that. No, I, that's. <laughs> I was trying not to be dismissive of anybody who isn't. But, but. I'm getting it and cunning right through the nonsense that spun around it. I love her though, Stacy. Who? Stacy Waxen. Oh, that's great. I'm sure it must be nice for people to watch you with your old clients. I know what it's like for you in the room, but it must be neat for other people too. It is because she met him once in New York when we were there. At a restaurant, yeah. Keep going. 
it's always nice of her to tune in. I haven't talked to her in a little bit, but whatever. She lives in my hometown now. You're kidding. No, it's So you could go home and visit her? Sure. Right now? (laughs) I don't mean it like that. (laughs) She lives near the area. You this <laughs> new, I know, the new meds are making me feel crazy. I'm sorry if I come off that way to anyone. <laughs> what kind of new meds? The new pot strains. Oh, I see. Which one are you on now? Or are you mixing stuff? The two that you brought back for me last. Okay. And there's other, there's the other stuff too. There's other jars. It's not Chris's, uh, Swag nine nine Right. So I my whole lot in the world is just to become through everything. Thanks. <laughs> I have to figure it out. Like whatever. You gotta stop worrying about what other people think. You defend yourself a lot. You know that? I'm really bad with silence, so I talk through it to cover it up, which yeah. is awful. I don't think it's awful. I think it's an old. I think it's your a trade of your old a skill of your old trade a trick of your old trade. <laughs> I've got bourbon in mine. How about you? <laughs> Just water, but I really only get tongue tied around you. So whatever. No, that's not true, is it? You only get tongue tied around me. I get emotional around you. Most oh. people, well, I don't care like it is what it is but i'm worried about not looking foolish in front of you too late you if anybody actually feels that way i think you're all nuts because usually i'm the one who feels foolish around me (laughs) whether you all know it or not it's usually me feeling foolish around me and all of you me too now whether you all know it or not i'm the one that feels foolish around you Everybody's talking at once when if we can't. I you, we, didn't hear what he said. That's my point. <laughs> What's that, Mike? Oh no, I was just uh, I was just trying to make a joke. I apologize for stepping on you, Nicole. I said if anybody feels foolish around here, it's me around you guys. Nah. Accept the love that's coming your way. People recognize what you're doing. Accept the good vibes with with humility and gratitude. Believe it. Oh man, brother. Amen. Thanks, Mitch David Carter. You need a new picture, though. You guys need a new picture for sure. Auto Journey. $20 from Auto Journey. I'd like to donate some time to help build it out if you're interested. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you do or whatever, but I, I'd love that. Thank you so much, Auto Journey. Uh, send me a message. Appreciate that very, very much. Uh, Instagram or, you, I don't know. I don't know how the messages work. I know that I don't get them on Facebook because I don't have the messenger on my phone, and I'm very rarely on a PC. Usually, like, once a month I'll go, and I'm like, oh, there's fucking 40 messages. Most of them are crap or people who just liked a a story or something like that, but sometimes there's real things in there, and, like, I have definitely missed (laughs) legitimate stuff. I mentioned we're killing time tonight, right? Doing a damn good job of it, if I might add. Not, Not for nothing. But I have had a bunch of people in my circle where the Rain Wilson episode was their first episode of Cars and Comedy. Oh, and yeah. I've had a lot of people who are Office fans um, like love that interview. Oh, so, man. 
yeah, there's 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 people from all sorts of directions that are giving praise to the show, and they have they have no dog in the fight to give you any wrong feedback. Like they they don't know you at all. It was their first show, so I, it was it was it was a it was definitely a very good show. I don't want. I keep you, you're saying me and whatever. I don't want that. I when I say me and my feelings are, I'm trying. I'm talking about the whole show. I mean all of you too, right? I mean her. I mean you, Mike. Um, I, I don't take any of this on solely anymore. <laughs> you're all here too. At my point, at, at this point, you're all accessories as far as I'm concerned. Um, so it's a product. Um, that's why our name's not on it. You know what I mean? The Jay Ryan Podcast. <laughs> The what? <laughs> the who now? Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Uh, but it's the product. I, I like that people are digging the product because I think that's what I was saying before. You know, we've shed a lot of skins to get here. Um, even I like the product for the most part these days. I don't watch it back, but even I'm happy with uh, the energy of whatever we're putting out. Is it perfect? Cat no. DeLorean has entered the studio. Oh, awesome. Is it perfect? No. Are there uh, uh, many other things we would like to do given uh, a budget or more space or uh, other opportunities in different parts of the country, et cetera? Absolutely. Uh, and we hope to be getting to many of those things, some of them definitely this year. Uh, and in the meantime, I will tell you that we have been waiting for our friend over here, our friend who is all the way. And are you in Boston now? Yeah, I am in Boston. You got some solid internet because you look good. Welcome. Boston, you're on the air. Catherine DeLorean in Boston. Hello. Do I sound okay? Because I know great. the microphone on this headset is terrible. Okay, cool. It's great. If you're on a phone, I would say turn it sideways. But if you like that, then I understand. I did have it sideways, but then you're like, that's your Oh, view. I see your point. Yep. Okay. Whatever you want. <laughs> it I don't have a lot of options. Way. Yeah. Well, Jason didn't warn you. me, so I didn't bring my unicorn or like, he's like, surprise, TV. I said, okay, you have to at least let me do mascara. Like, warn me a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't know this was going to be a surprise, but I did know that you uh, had some <laughs> exciting news to share and that you guys were heading out of town and it was car related and we needed to do a 2023 check-in with you anyway and all the things. So it all just kind of came together today. Yeah, and you know, I'm only 41 minutes late, so. <laughs> oh, you're perfect. We've been killing time. We've been killing time. What's going on with you? You look beautiful. Happy New Year. Thank you. I It's been an incredible New Year. It's, there's a, uh, I hear myself talking. So it's very wait, wait, wait. distracting. Okay. Is there yeah, a way to make that stop? Hang on. Cool. Is that any better? <laughs> yes, much better. Thank you. Sorry about that. Yeah, I had it. Well. Yeah, doesn't matter. I can better. still hear it, but that's okay. No, Look, I have on. something cool I to show kill, you. I can kill more mics. Here we go. How about now? Is that better? How about now? Let's see. We can really we see this? Yeah, that's that's actually there we no, go. that's still going. It's okay. Can you see this? To John from Pete. Estes. Oh, no way. Yeah, so this is his Piaget, which... I can't, I can't find my camera. There it is. Interestingly enough, is a woman's watch. I thought and that by the, are you ready? the band is very small. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for this? This is where it's worn, too. This is the notch from where he wore it. Oh, it's no. It's broken. 
it's exactly that's my size. wrist. Oh my yeah. god! Is that crazy? No, it's exactly how it's supposed to be. I thought I'd share that with you. So today I texted you. Let's share this with with everybody. I legitimately got to talk to Malcolm Bricklin for the first time in my life, and I forgot it was too th like Thursday. I didn't think about anything other than the fact that I hung up the phone and said, "I have to tell Jay." <laughs> and, and then I didn't even know we were supposed to be on the show or any of that. So I, out of the blue, messaged that to you without knowing what was going on today at all. And I thought no you'd way. find that fun. Yeah, I, yeah. That was not clear to me. That's very funny. Yeah, I thought that was, I was like, what do you mean? I, I didn't expect it. And Jason's like, yeah, that was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it was a surprise. He told me to send you a link. <laughs> It wasn't a surprise, surprise. It was, you know, there's a lot going on right now. So, so let's talk about me. Let's talk about what's been going on. I have been absent from everybody, uh, the whole world. People have been texting me. People have been emailing me, messaging me on every platform. Nobody at all has gotten a response. It's not any of you. It's me. And that's because things are starting to take off and we have a lot going on. Um, that the company is starting to have things really fall into place. We've been meeting a lot with different vendors and um, there's so many things I want to say and we can't until after this weekend. So we've been busy building a car and building a car company. And I also have uh, a, my day job that I do that I love very much. And it doesn't take up all of my time. I still am able to do my car company stuff, but it is my job. And what happens is you end up with limited time left over. And for me, the holidays are family, period, end of conversation. Yep. So uh, every spare minute I had was spent family time. There wasn't a whole lot of that. So we're coming back into re-engaging with people and the social media stuff and and we're kicking off 2023 with the motor car cavalcade in Miami. That's it. It's motor car cavalcade. so cool. Yes. And um, so, so fun story. The two gentlemen putting this on are Jason and Floyd. And for your audience, my husband's name is Jason Floyd. <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> um, and this, this car show is, from what I understand, pretty unique because it's a Concours event, but it's also got supercars, which is a little unique for what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's put on by one of the premier restorers that of, of Concours events. And I get to meet some incredible legends of this industry, as well as Alonzo Mourning. So there's that. <laughs> As well as who? A basketball player for the oh. Miami Heat, right, Jason? Ah. Yep, he's a Hall of Famer. So <laughs> lots of... That's why it wasn't familiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's, been, it's been very, very exciting. And we have made some really incredible partnerships for, um, for, the, for our car. We're, we have this wonderful kid for our... our um, I call him a kid. Of course, he's an adult and very well accomplished. But his whole—we I call him a kid because it's him and his dad, right? And so he's the son. And um, 
his whole life is about speakers and sound and he built these incredible speakers so we're we have him working on the sound for our car and um I, I don't just all of the people we've gotten to meet all of the vendors all of the individuals it's something different than what i've ever experienced before in this kind of thing that i'm doing right so i'm used to doing the hollywood spiel and the modeling spiel the, all the money fundraising spiel it's a lot different in the automotive world. It's a lot more fun. Hmm. A lot more fun. <laughs> well, you're in a field that you love and that you're passionate about and that literally is in your blood. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're doing what and you're supposed it, to be doing. You keep saying that. I'm starting to believe you. <laughs> yeah. It's. I get under people's skin. <laughs> <laughs> it's feels like what I've always meant been meant to do right um I just I, I've, I I've yeah go ahead I it seems to me that when someone finally is somehow in their right path lane whatever you want to call it that's when the things start happening Mm -hmm. more easily that's when the magnet grows that's when oh what do i want and oh okay it'll come from somewhere oh i just keep working in this direction and that's when the things start coming i feel like more than any other you've always been that type of person we're both kind of magical type of people we can we can turn that shit on when we want to but this one dude this is yeah. magical this is magical the way it's all happening for you in astronomical time like the amount of time this has actually been is so compressed compared to how long it normally takes to do what you're doing. It's ridiculous. I don't, don't remind me of that part because I'm trying not to think about the fact that like eight months ago I retired and then I, I think now it's probably, it, well, it's almost a year. That's how fast it's going. I can't even, and then I have a car company and legitimately have manufacturing partners and it's all happening <laughs> it's just i just woke up one day and here i am um which is when you really tune true, out all right? the distractions it's, you used to have a lot of distractions in your life and you made some choices yeah. to cut out some of those distractions and i feel like it's definitely helped your focus <laughs> you know what's crazy is it, just this week, as a matter of fact, part of why I'm keeping my day job is it's also helping me grow in ways I've never experienced before. I'm in an incredible team with an inc incredible manager who is really helping me get out of my own way oh, in, wow. in very unique and wonderful ways. And um, I, re I re <laughs> okay, so I go from working at a bank to working at Pluralsight, which is a training company. And at a bank, things go wrong, bad things happen. Very bad things happen. Lots of bad things happen. At Pluralsight, things go wrong, you readjust. Nobody's Damn losing it. money, but yeah. So, so here I am with my course and, and I'm learning how to be a content creator, how to be a teacher, how to do all these different things. And I'm learning it. And I'm missing deadlines because this is only my third course. And my daughter walks in and she goes, weren't you just doing audio editing the other day? And I said, yeah. And she says, okay, so, so you learn the thing, you teach the thing, you edit the audio, you edit the video, and you put it all together. So you're doing four jobs and you're mad you can't learn it faster. And I went, uh. 
kids got the perspective. Yeah, right? <laughs> so then I talked to my manager and he's like, oh, this, this issue with your environment caused you mental anguish. We're gonna make sure that never happens again. And, and suddenly it was like, this issue with your environment didn't make me be late. It was, it caused me angst and he wanted that fixed. And I went, mm. oh, wait, he doesn't want me to stress about what I'm doing. I'm inventing this. I'm causing my own stress for no reason at all. And I suddenly let go of my deadline. That's a trauma response if I've ever heard one. Oh yeah. Exactly. I I suddenly let go of my deadline and I focused on my work and I got it done 10 times faster. Mm. Nothing went wrong. So just by releasing that tension, the pressure? Just by not it's literally the pressure was still there. The deadline was still there. I just no, didn't think but about the it. The self-imposed, whatever the, the yeah. cr we all turn our own screw. You know, we're just ah, you yes. gotta get there. We don't take breaks. We're like, oh, we gotta go to the bathroom. We gotta get a snack, whatever. We're like, oh, I'll just finish this, and then I'll be uncomfortable. And yep. everything is suffering while we're doing that, and we think yeah. we're being yes. valiant. One more Martyrs. thing. Sorry, it's all of us. No, though. this isn't your problem. This is a human condition problem that we all struggle with. It's, it, I literally took it from that day and spoke to my mentee later that night, applied it, told him, said he was, we were talking about an interview he had where he just panicked and he couldn't make it go fast. And then things just started to cascade and go wrong. And I said, yeah, if you just accepted the fact that there's nothing you can do to make YouTube load faster, you probably wouldn't have tailspinned into the death spiral you went into, right? But we all do. And, it all, and when the plane's going, exactly. you're in that flat space. Like, what do you do? What is well, the answer? I guess we take deep breaths, right? Awareness. The answer is to ask yourself a couple of things. What is the positive intent of the situation? Right? So something is happening that's going to change my life. What is the potential positive outcome? Can I control the outcome in some way? that I should be. So we think we can control time, but we can't. <laughs> Our DeLoreans really don't work that way as much as we want them to. <laughs> so you ask yourself, is this thing that I'm worrying about something I can control? In my case, I was working every single day until my brain didn't work anymore. I literally couldn't meet the deadline any more than I was. I could not sacrifice more things. I could not I was actually going above and beyond what my manager wanted me to do as far as sacrificing my life. <clears throat> so was it within my control to meet that deadline? No. Was it within my control to tell my manager, I'm still learning, I need some time to figure out this deadline thing and accept that I can't do more than what I'm doing and let him help me? Yes, mm -hmm. that's within my control. Mm -hmm. We don't always recognize it comes down to the story I told a couple of years ago with the chicken or the sauce. We went to, for everybody who's listening, this is a, this is a great example of, of this situation. Uh, my friends and I, we went to Wingstop, um, which is a chicken wing place, right? And her daughter had to go to work and her daughter was starving and wanted Wingstop. So we specifically were in this restaurant so she could get what she wanted before she had to go to work. And she's sitting there and she's not eating. And I said, Lizzie, what's wrong? Why aren't you eating your food? She says, well, I don't like the sauce. And I said, well, okay, ask for more sauce. I mean, we're at a wing place. 
you could literally ask them for 18 different sauces to go with your one set of wings and they'll bring it to you. They will. Maybe they'll charge you more, but they'll bring it to you. I agree with all that. Also, we're there for her to get what she wants. She should get what she wants. Exactly. So I said, well, get get a different sauce. She says, well, this is what I ordered. And I said, okay. Oh. And she, she's, and, trying and to, she she's said, sitting with her choice that she made. And she oh, said, that's and she said, but but I thought it would taste different. And I said, okay, so let's break this down, Lizzie. What's in this? It was dry rum too. I said, what's in that? That's like, let's be gracious and say it's ten cent, a ten whole cents worth of sauce. It's not. It's less than a penny, I guarantee you. But let's just say it's ten cents worth of sauce. So you have to cost them ten more cents of sauce. What else happens? Well, she has to bring it to me. Okay, we are literally sitting at a table where the waitress is between us and the and the bar where she gets the stuff, and she could reach both of us, right? In like, this I'm particular like, instance, but this sounds like learned behavior, I'm guessing. Yes, exactly. So, so I, but I was breaking it down to for her, right? So I said, okay, Lizzie, she's right there, and she maybe has to make two steps, so she's not going right, and and. and and I said, okay, so so ten cents worth of sauce, and the waitress has to do her job. So what else is wrong? And she just sat there uncomfortably. And I said, we've got ten cents worth of sauce, and the waitress does her job, or Lizzie doesn't eat and passes out at work. <laughs> These things are not equal. And I looked at her and I said, sweetheart, is it different if you were to send the chicken back? And she goes, yeah. And I said, get your damn sauce. Right. Because we're all taught to apply shame in our life and we're not taught where that shame is truly applicable and not. Oh. And it's not applicable to the sauce. It's a chicken wing place where sauce is the thing you try and you do more sauce. Right. Like it's just what you do. And it's such a perfect example of this very situation. And even though I live with that, and it's something that I tell and it's something that I embrace, I still had this. Oh, hang on. Again. What happened? Did she get the sauce? Of course she got the sauce. Yes. I, may, I would have God, gotten All right. Got everybody can relax now. Gee whiz. <laughs> but Thank the goodness. point is she didn't, she didn't want to send back a little bit of sauce because we stand in our own way. Yeah. And that's that's how you get over it is you have to break down the situation in front of you. What is the reality of what I'm looking at? Oftentimes, it's not what we're making up in our head. It's, <laughs> it's a beautiful story. I can't remember what we were talking about before it, though. <laughs> you brought you brought that story up to say, oh, it's like the sauce and the chicken. But I can't remember. Because we were, we were talking about how I was causing myself all this stress oh. and anxiety at work. Yes. Uh, You're the creator and of how, your own evil. Yes. And how I'm finally coming into my own and realizing, recognize, you said I'm much more clear, like I can remember what you said five minutes ago. <laughs> Better than me. Yeah. Yeah. And you have recordings and stuff, you know, um, but <laughs> that's why I let my own man, I let that lapse. I'm like, eh, it's on a hard drive somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, but it really feels like things are starting to fall into place. I had a moment where I said to Jason, um, this is not what I want to be doing, this particular thing that I was doing. I want to be doing this over here. I would rather be focusing on uh, this portion of what we're doing. 
And it was in a moment of frustration and being overwhelmed. I, I let's say I said it to Jason. No, I was upset, upsetted. I wouldn't say I was yelling. Maybe I yelled. I don't know. But it was just a very frustrated moment. You threw those words at Jason. Sort of. Yeah. Well, it was <laughs> basically what what happened is I spent 20 years working in an industry where I said, I don't want to go into management because I want to individually work with people and not worry about the politics. And here I was being taken away from my creation and my and my individual personal touch that I had with people, my mentorship with my my employees, as well as the people in the community. And I was focusing on management of a company. And I said, this is not the part I want to do. Why did I quit my job and go follow my dream to do the one thing I said, I never want to do this? Yeah. doesn't make sense. The next day I woke up and all of the things that were holding me back from being who I meant to be were gone and they were taken care of. And I, every time I turn around, so this was kind of a surprise because a lot of things are happening in the background where I just have to show up and be me mm -hmm. and I get to be who I'm supposed to be. This was, this was a nice deal for me. This was actually a surprise. It wasn't supposed to be a surprise like at 8.30 surprise. It was supposed to be a surprise much earlier in the day. <laughs> but the day got away from us. <clears throat> so <sighs> everything is going amazingly well, Jay. And How I'm much building money do you have a to car. <laughs> Can we say a number? <laughs> I, am I allowed to say the number? I don't know I don't if we are either. That's why bad. I asked. It's like... Uh, when Jason so told me, my, my eyes rolled back in my head. I was like, okay. Well, so here's the thing about the number that he told you. It came from my father's business plan adjusted for inflation because we're following what he wanted to do. And his business plan has a number that is still a fraction, a fraction of what it would cost to start a car company the traditional way. Oh, so, without a doubt. I would say it would actually be about 10 times the number that, that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, to it's, actually it's do a, it the traditional way. Yes. Um, so it is, it's a lot of Somewhere money, between 10 not. and 100. <laughs> it's somewhere between zero and a billion dollars. That's right in there. <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen because a couple of reasons. One, we have shown up at a time at the right time. It's the right time in the right place. We're starting a new company when the entire industry is undergoing a huge shift. You have companies like Ford laying off a bunch of employees, not, because of uh, financial constraints as much as I don't need these jobs anymore. I need to train different ones. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you already have an established system and an established process and an established company, it's a lot harder to shift. It's a lot harder to move that bohemian. I get to come in at a time when this zeitgeist shift is, is happening and necessary and I don't have to follow the same playbook and rules as most people who come in and start a car company because they have to be recognized and they have mm -hmm. to earn their pedigree. 
And I'm not saying I don't have to earn my pedigree. I don't want anybody to accept me on my father's merits alone. I want you to let me prove that I'm going to do him justice. I agree with that, but you've got a really good foot in the door. Well, my foot in the door are those with the experience that are coming to me. So I'm not going to pretend that I'm somebody who knows how to build a car company other than saying I am somebody who knows how to build a company, how, who knows how to work within and, and run a company. And I'm somebody who has the pedigree that has brought the people to my door. Yes. And other people have to ask for this. Other people have to ask for the expertise and they have to prove themselves to get the caliber of human that has reached out to me. And so what that means is I get to observe what's going on and uh, uh, approach this in a way that's going to allow us to be part of this new way of doing things without having to shift. Mm -hmm. And I get to ask all the questions up front. It doesn't mean we do it that way, but why aren't we asking? There's no harm in asking the questions, literally not costing me any money, maybe a little bit of time and my time is valuable and, whoever I'm talking to, but we're having conversations that foster ideas that lead to more things. So it's not a waste of that time. Right. So I think that where I'm positioned, both with my background being what it is, which isn't in the automotive industry, it's in the software industry, for, for lack of a better way to say, I mean, it was a big, there's a big finance too, which gives me a really unique perspective on how software impacts our world. Um, on top of the pedigree that I have, I'm able to address this new software on wheels situation that we're approaching. But more than that, I don't think I know everything already. I don't think I know a better way to do it. So I'm really open to listening to those who have the better ideas, who have, who have ideas that nobody would listen to before and they're really good. So I am. You sound like uh, Steve Jobs, right? You're looking for the crazy ones, the dreamers. Yes, that's exactly it. Dream DeLorean. Hashtag Dream DeLorean. That's my thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Again, pedigree. Yeah. And we want uh, so like the, the kid who's building these speakers. He's truly passionate, innovative and unique and nobody's heard of him before. And I'm going to guarantee he's going to make the best sounding, high quality speakers money can buy. And I want those people. I want those people who haven't been found yet, who just need a platform to launch who they are. Mm-hmm. And they have what's better because it hasn't already been ruined by somebody else, for lack of a more polite way to say that. <laughs> Bravo, bravo, yeah, we're on board. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. All right. Well, I, mean, I love my prison wall background we've got going on here. This is so very depressing. It, it doesn't. On the the wall is fine on its own. It's the orange chair next to the wall that really sells prison. <laughs> it's the. It's a red couch. It's a bright red. Here, let's let's show everybody my couch. Yeah, this is room of the cat's couch. Yeah. Ooh. No tour of the room. No tour of the room. Just just the couch. All right. 
<laughs> Jason's uh, doing his thing. He's like, don't show the whole room, please. He's, he's ordering dinner. We haven't eaten yet, so I'm kind of hungry. I bet you are. Let's see, does this work? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, kind of. Hi, everybody. It's all of us. Yay. Look at this. Party. Brought Canadian yeah, Mike in the picture. It. You guys know each other. Absolutely. I don't. I don't have my sweater on. <laughs> yeah, next time. Yeah, I packed it though. It's somewhere. So uh, I when do have these. Your tra tomorrow's your travel Sparky. day. Is the show on Saturday? <laughs> the show is on Saturday. Yes, and Sunday too. Right? Yep. Saturday and Sunday. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, and and what, what are your responsibilities judge. there? I know, I know they're doing the, uh, aren't they unveiling the new Brooklyn? Yes. Yes. And I get to drive it. Oh, <laughs> he, I'm so excited. We are going to lunch with Malcolm on Monday, Monday. Yes. And I'm so excited. I just talked to him. It was amazing. <laughs> and he kept telling me what a special bond he has with my dad and how many stories he has to tell it i'm so excited oh my gosh is he going to be on your podcast at some point yes of course yes absolutely yes yeah and we're going to start getting that going um pretty soon too like i said we had it it all really happened all at once so you know i've been missing from social media because i built a car company in a couple of months and it <laughs> Legitimately, all happened in a couple of months. It was almost a dare. Yeah, it it was. <laughs> no, it wasn't even. It wasn't even a dare. It's so much better than that. It was. I feel like the, the universe dared you to. It was like the universe has, has been pushing you and pushing you throughout your whole <laughs> life, and finally, you were either looking in the right direction and or ready, which is oftentimes maybe we're not ready. And yep. I feel like somehow it just clicked and you and the universe have been working hand in hand as a team ever since. It sort of happened a little bit more like I'm going to grab you by the nose and pull you kicking and screaming whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because what happened was... A little was, more against your will. It, it wasn't so much against my will as it was um, not what I was trying to do right so i really believe in my father's desire to help everybody achieve their goals and their dreams and to live an authentic and and you know decent life it doesn't have to be a wealthy life it's just something that you're happy doing and that to me is really his legacy and who he was and what people need to know about him. And so I was very focused on that. I was very, very focused on let's show the world what my dad is made of by really building this pathway for dreams. And the car was part of that. It was what we were building as a showcase for this program. We were going to build it for the students. It was going to be filmed, all of these things. And as we started to put together the people to do this one thing, I ended up with so many professionals that were ultra high caliber that said, please let us do this yeah. for your dad, for you, for your program. Also, because we love what you're trying to do, mm. that it, it became impossible not to. At that point, you are a jerk. 
for saying no. Like, <laughs> why you? <laughs> so, lighten up, Jack. Yeah, like seriously, like why won't you just let us build you a car? We know how to do it. We can get all this together for you. What? Why are you saying no when there is literally nothing you have to do? Of course, there's a lot I have to do. There's, and, and that's what led to the moment of how did I get here and why do I have to do this? And Jason was like, nope, you don't have to. Here, I'm done. It's done. It's all taken care of for you. Ta-da! And now I'm just living this magical life where I get to frit around and be a Pontiac princess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we figured this out today. I am legitimately the only person who can say that. Pontiac I am princess. the princess of Pontiac. I, Because everybody keeps calling me automotive royalty. And I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. But I, when it came to Pontiac, yes, I am the princess of Pontiac. Thank you very much. Huh. I will take that. I never <laughs> thought about it. I mean, yeah. I mean, your your dad created. Does that make her a firebird? I am a firebird. That is my book title, Firebird Rising. It's all about me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you do you still? No, you got a vet now. You got rid of the firebird, didn't you? Oh my god. No, of course you? not. You still have it. I don't know where it is. Seriously. Well, where is it? Hold on. Oh, geez. Let's not. Jay. No, no. Jay just said I got rid of my Firebird, Jason. I meant dri- I meant you don't drive it. You drive the vet. <laughs> the the Firebird needs to be put back together. So it's still in pieces. It's still almost. So my daughter's. That's what started this. That's the what's Firebird much more appalling. St- that it's in pieces. Fire- not that I asked. <laughs> Well, for your audience that doesn't know, my my Firebird was borrowed without my permission, and I got a phone call at four o'clock in the morning, not knowing it was borrowed without my permission, that it was now totaled. Uh, this car is my baby, my Babs. She is a piece of me. It's the last and, gen, right? Last generation. Uh, it, no, it wasn't the last generation, but it was the last one of this body style. And it was one of the last ones off the line because I couldn't find one in New York at the time. My father had to call an old dealer friend of his to have one for me because I really wanted the Ram Air. Um, so, so what happened was is the car was almost finished being put back together, but it needed electrical work because the mice got to it. And my daughter's boyfriend needed a car to work on for his capstone project to graduate. So he put my car back together and we were talking and I, he's just brilliant. He reminds me a lot of my dad. And I said, why didn't you take engineering? And he said, I had to choose between auto, auto shop or engineering. And that's when we started building the engineering program, which turned into the car company. So it legitimately all started with that, Firebird that I did not get rid of. I will be buried in that car. Thank you very much. I heard you got rid of it. <laughs> no. I, I heard you sold How the car, Max. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? No. Oh, my God. Not Everybody bad. start checking She's... those car maxes. It's in the system somewhere. <laughs> you, you know, I've told this story before, but when I brought that car home, my dad walked around it. 
and sat in it and looked at me and said, I named this card. Did you know that? And it took me a while to realize that the look on his face and the experience I was having was a proud papa, mm. you know, walking well, it, around and a, seeing it, what had become of his. Well, they're, they're siblings as far as he's concerned. You got your Catherine over here and you got your Firebird over here. These are both my children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. But I didn't really, I didn't embrace that part of him as much as I should have when he was alive, not until the end when we started going to the car shows. And even then, I didn't appreciate who he was because he left out the part where he changed the world. People, your, your dad was so complex that he was actually simple. And that's what I think most yeah. people don't really get about him. You know, he, he, was, he was a fundamentalist. He was. You know, th and things he, at the purest form. I really, I, I dig that. Dig that. And what he stood for. I, and that, that's, that's what's weird about how, you know, the, the story has been so painted over the years. Like, the, the guy that, the, when I talk to you about your dad, like, I'm thinking of, like, the guy who was really religious. The guy who was always looking out <laughs> for other people. The guy who would have anyone come over to his house for dinner. The guy who would stop his car on the side of the road for somebody, a la Jay Leno. You know what I mean? Like, not the guy who screwed over the government to get the money and sold cocaine and all the other fucking the things that are not even remotely true over the years that just, you know, I guess time has made up. You have to remember that history is written by the victor. And in my father's case, he was a victim of a time when our voices didn't matter. So today, it's a lot harder to do to him what happened to him because of social media and people mm -hmm. can tell the truth. Back then, the only truth that was put out was what got picked up by the media media. Mm -hmm. And to a great extent, that's kind of what's happening now. And that's my fault. People were not speaking the way about him as loudly and as proudly and as vehemently as they were when I was still speaking for him. And when I took, so I was still speaking for him, you know, it was only a few years ago that I, that I stepped back and that was because my family went through what they went through. So my family went through a very serious situation where I had to focus on my family and at that time, I also had a job that made being very um, Catherine DeLorean in a big way that allowed the two parts to be tied together. So allowing Cat Seymour and Catherine DeLorean to be the same person um, was was a risk to my to my job. So I was very careful to keep the two separate and to have it all. I lost my train of thought now because I was thinking about being two different people. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? We were talking about, oh, my dad. So, and, and how he was this really good person. Um, when the documentary came out, the Framing John DeLorean, I had to do a lot of reckoning with what happened there. Because Tamir and I worked on that for 20 years. And I still, to this day, I will still send him messages. Why didn't you make the movie you were making? Why didn't you? And I... I know now why he didn't. Um, and, and we talked about it before. It's because I introduced him to Christina. But when I reread the Vanity Fair article that led to the falling out where I was told to go F myself and 
I took that as she no longer wanted to have a mutually beneficial relationship with me. Um, in the Vanity Fair article, it starts with her saying, this is a true depiction of my time with Sean. And that immediately tells me the entire thing is a lie. Because oh. Um, oh. she has a, a best, I know, right? Like now I'm going to get sued No, no, no. I, I don't, it's not that I want you to go there, but I get your point. It's like when somebody goes honestly or says something like, you know, to yeah. tell you the truth, it's like, well, what the fuck were you doing five minutes ago? Wait, now you're being honest with me? Why did you say that? I just heard someone <laughs> on TV talk about this. It's like really? yesterday at night. They're already thinking about the defense. How's Nicole That's, doing? Yeah. Well, to tell you the truth, like, well, that's why I freaking asked. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Um, and it, and then so I, I thought about it again, and it really is a story that turns it into poor Christina right from the very beginning where it talks about him having infidelity, which happened before her. Like he was talking about in his lifetime. And so when it comes to my dad and his story, he was a very meek, quiet person, which is weird because he's larger than life. But you know me and you know that I'm the same way. Yeah, I am. A, right. But when you see well, me like the introvert, here, extrovert thing, it's, it's you, you. I feel like you're probably both the exact same way. I mean, you, you're you, it's weird. Creators can't really be public people. Like it's a weird, it's a weird juxtaposition thing where it just doesn't really work. And because it, because it, it burns you out to be that way all the time. If you're actually a creator, does this resonate with you? Yes. Yeah. And I feel much. like yeah. that's why you, a lot of the creators I know, like, oh, they create a lot of stuff and you absorb their content and then they disappear for a little bit and recharge. And I feel like your dad was that way. And I feel like if you're not that way, and you are that way, I'm that way. And and I feel like if you're not that way, you can't comprehend that. And I feel like your mom's not that way. And she would have no way of understanding it. So I don't think she probably ever <laughs> – it's not my place to say it, But who knows how well your mom knew your dad at the end of the day. I, I, I don't know – uh, I don't want to suppose things that I Good. don't know. Um, you want me to do it? Uh, what I <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> what I do know is that to be so. Uh, my aunt said something that was jarring to me when I went for the premiere of the movie. She said that during that entire time, Christina spoke to not a single person. Not even a family. She would speak to no one. What's the re What's the reasoning? I cannot tell you what I think the reasoning is publicly on the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will tell you this: the um, the the pilot for the drug dealer who set my dad up had a relationship with her and was also the pilot of her fiance that mysteriously died in a plane crash that nobody can understand after she met my father. Hang on. Mm -hmm. There's so much stuff that you just said, I can't say, but this is all the stuff I thought you can't say. You just said a bunch of stuff I thought you couldn't say. So. No, she told me that at <laughs> breakfast. She told me that at breakfast. No, I can't tell you what the other stuff, I think. but yeah, no, she at breakfast with Tamir, she told us both right there that she dated the pilot that was working with Hoffman. And then when you looked up this pilot, he was the mechanic for the plane of her first fiance 
who died in a plane crash that they said this shouldn't have happened. And it was right after she met my father. So that happened. That is all things that happened. Okay. All of that happened. So if you want it on the record, the record shows that 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 happened. Uh, Why would you tell me that at breakfast? I don't know. So, so if you look at, if you look at the situation, I don't feel like that's your worst family secret. (laughs) The worst family secrets. The worst. The worst family secrets I have would like they're they're not good fodder don't go don't don't go there don't go there we don't need to go there let's not do that it's not that type Uh, of show no that's that's not where we want to be save it for your Um, podcast you'll get tons of views no i don't no because that's not me either right that's not me that's not what i'm about it's those stories are for people that they have help and they're not but they don't serve a positive intent whatsoever i find it very interesting this whole so the reason why i bring up the whole this whole story that i did bring up is because when you go and you look at her she calls him a malignant narcissist in the netflix thing immediately after i said that to one of my siblings so that was directed towards me so when you look at the people who say these things about my dad it's always for a reason that has nothing to do with who he was they have a vested interest in telling the story, whether it's to say something to me, whether it's in, in the case of the malignant narcissist thing, or whether it's to um, whether it's to cover their own butt. So a lot of the people who are telling these stories have, a, if you look at Barry Wills, he's going around telling everybody these stories about how my dad was this way. And he called him a womanizer who did all of, no. I will give you a lot of women who will tell you that that is flat out not right. And if you go and you unravel Barry's story, which I asked him on Facebook, I said, Barry, why don't you tell people what happened to the executive pension funds? And he said, well, I took care of them unpaid for a year. And then they were um, and, and then there was a court case in which it was settled. And everybody who was involved was paid by the insurance company. Now, if you actually unravel what he just said, he took the executive pensions and then there was a lawsuit and everybody was paid by the insurance company and he kept the money. But he said, I stewarded it unpaid for a year. So when he talks about my dad being a jerk and being a money thiever, it seems to me like he has a vested interest in my father looking like a jerk. Now we can go and talk about why Morgan Roth would call my father a bad person or why Hoffman would have made the movie Driven. But if you look at all of the people who are speaking loudly about my father, not one of them are somebody who knew or loved him. Not one. They're all people who have an extremely vested interest. Here's what happened when I showed up. I talked to Bill Collins with a heavy heart Bill Collins? and almost tears. Bill Collins. Oh, I'm sorry. I got you. Heir of the night. Yeah, Bill Collins. <laughs> After watching the documentary, I felt like my father did this terrible thing to him and treated him like this horrible, and he had every right to hate my dad and never speak to him again. And I spoke to this gentleman who said, oh, well, that's, no, I don't feel that way. Your dad was amazing. He was my mentor. I loved him. That's not what you got from that movie. You did not get that Bill Collins still looks 
No, no, I'm saying when somebody watches it, you don't get the feeling that he admired my father and that my father was a great mentor to him and that he had a good relationship with him and that he didn't have bad feelings about the, what happened. Have you watched all of the different material that's been put out, you know, the last, I don't know, two or three years, there have been so many different projects that came out. You mentioned the framing John DeLorean, you just mentioned Driven. I don't think I've seen that one. And then there's the, there was the three or four episode one called Moguls. Moguls. Yeah. Have you seen all of these? I will not watch any of them. Okay. Jason has watched uh, Moguls, Myths and Moguls. Okay, so, um, and that's but, the one. but you're aware of them because Jason consumes them for you and then gives you the information. Okay. I have no interest in in hearing Christina say those words. <laughs> she doesn't get the satisfaction of being able to say those words to me about my father. That is a flat out lie. It's also it's 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 horribly slanderous and libelous. It, it is it is his character. Anybody can tell you. You can just read about the man he was, and there is nothing about him that is a malignant narcissist. All right, all right. So I don't. That's a trigger. <laughs> Got it. I, I don't. It is. It's very much a trigger, and I'm okay with you know. I'm okay with saying that specifically in this case, because I said that to my sibling in pain about what was happening, and and for them to have told her and for her to have put it in Netflix. Let's think about that for a second. Just think about that for who does that. It doesn't matter. Know. doesn't matter. That's all. I don't, I don't want to focus on it. <laughs> no, I don't want to focus on that. That's totally not where we are. That's why I don't watch that stuff because that's where I go, right? Focus on the light. That's dark. That's mm. terrible. I see your I don't point, want, though. Actually, that's a really right? good point in real time. Yeah, we just watched it happen because it, 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 yeah. it, it can spin you out. It's, yeah, yes. There's and, so and much I don't there. Want, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be that in that place. I don't want to exist in that place. I have so much more to give people and so much excitement happening. And at least there's enough people complaining and yelling and being angry right now. It's good. Beyond They're that, there are that. so many people excited about your project. Let's not focus on yes. a couple of people who might not care about it in the future. Yeah. Um, screw them. You know, it, uh, Taylor Swift, you got to shake that shit off. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mine doesn't work at all. It's just decoration. But but it's and that's exactly it. Everybody we talk to is so excited about what we're doing. And I just spoke to a journalist who's really interested in this rivalry thing that's happening. Is and, it happening? Uh, it seems like the internet I, has let the rivalry thing go. I, it's whatever. I okay. just she wants to talk about the drama, I guess. Oh, but I so we so we start talking. Um, and, and at the end of the conversation, she goes, I want to write a story about you. Mm -hmm. and, and I was like, okay, cool. So my whole goal right now is to show the world who my dad was by showing him who he made me. And Ooh. that whole thing that just happened, right? That whole focusing on malignant narcissism and that kind of stuff. That's not going to happen that's not going to make that's not going to show the world who i am that's going to show the world who the people who want to take me down want me to be and that's not who i am everybody has triggers and yeah. i guarantee you if your mother called your father a malignant narcissist on netflix and it wasn't true you'd be pretty upset too oh i'm upset for so many other reasons for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea <laughs> so, so i sure. but i'm okay I'm okay saying, yeah, that's a trigger because yeah, well, I have what I was to be say honest is, I, with. 
go ahead. I, I think it's great that that you're able to do that, and that we were able to work through that because I think I think it's there was a time when hiding that was the way to go. Like in your dad's era, hiding that was the way to go. You weren't really allowed to be vulnerable. You kind of had to be strong. In this day and age, vulnerability is celebrated. The fact that you're showing what you're going through, and the fact that you can then, with self awareness, go like, "Whoop, that's the wrong road. Let me spin my. I spun out there. Let me turn myself around and come back." That's what being an adult is all about and being a well-balanced human is all about. So I feel like you're just showing people that you're working on it and it's working. You know what else is really important about being vulnerable, especially when you're in a place of, of empowerment, not power, but empowerment. It's important to let people know that you, you have those vulnerabilities so that they know that they're okay. Mm. I told oh, like, somebody- like it's not their fault, you mean? Well, we're all going through it. And the biggest thing I bring to my mentorship meetings now with my mentees is John DeLorean was an imposter. That means we all are. It just means we're all pretending until we figure it out. If he felt like an imposter in his life and what he did, and he's literally the most influential automotive engineer of our, of all time, he felt like an imposter. He felt like he didn't know what he was doing. He felt out of place. He questioned his abilities. Sound I know familiar? This, ooh, I know this from talking to you, but did you know this about your dad when he was alive? Or did you know this? Did you find this out about him afterwards, like through the book that you read and all these, uh, you know, through his journals that he left you and stuff? I would have known it if I knew what it was. I would have picked oh. up on it. I was, you know, I was still very young when he died. So I wasn't an adult. I hadn't lived my life. I hadn't experienced imposter syndrome for myself or I was going through it, but I didn't know how to identify it. Yeah. So when I read this, it, it's like when I read the book and I learned these things about him, his vulnerabilities, I saw that I saw all the places where it existed. I can look back and I mm. can see where it all was. And a lot of things made a lot more sense after that. It's he like you're was reverse engineering a, it a little bit. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. And he was—he was just a very kind, quiet, thoughtful, reserved person. His heart was so big, and I think that's why I had to separate John from my dad. Was more because I was listening to what other people had to say about him. And what's crazy is he never tried to change that perception himself. He never talked to me about it. He never tried to convince me he was anybody other than who he was showing me who he was. Hmm. And I was just listening to what other people were saying too much. Something about somebody who doesn't have to tell you who they are. They can just be and you can just absorb that. Like that to me is... I don't know. There's, that's true authenticity, I think. And it's very, very rare because we are all putting on these crazy yes. fucking acts for everybody. When none of us even mean, most of us don't mean to be doing it, but it just right. happens. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he was that, he just was that really genuine person. It's, it's crazy because I, I say to Jason, and I said this just a minute ago, he left out the part where he changed the world. And Jason said, yeah, he just told you the thing he did. And that's true. So 
he told me about how much he hated the G, the GM doesn't listen to him about the seatbelts. I didn't yeah. know until now that he testified before Congress making seatbelts mandatory on every car. That was his fault. And I didn't know that because he didn't tell me that. He didn't tell me he changed the world. Right? He didn't tell me about his manufacturing process in Ireland that prevented people from having their arms above their head, the repetitive task injuries. He created a situation that absolved that. And that then became the industry standard. He didn't tell me that. He didn't talk about his accomplishments in ways that a narcissist, let alone a malignant one, would do. Like, he didn't talk about himself that way. Will you ever... I think we've talked about this before, so it's not a secret, but he, you know, he wrote a book that nobody's ever seen unpublished, mm -hmm. but you have it, you've read it. Is that something that you will keep for you forever? Or is that something you will ever share with other people? I feel like we might've talked about this, but I don't remember the answer. The answer is I can't, I can't share with the book the way that it is because it's not written for anybody but me. Mm. We are telling the stories that are in the book. That's the animated shorts that Jason is making. Beautiful. The, the the stories are written. <sighs> this is crazy. This is legitimately crazy. He wrote. Oh, the that's book. it. We're out of time. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, he wrote the book so that nobody else could try and publish it and nobody else could take it away from me. And he wanted me to tell the stories because each one I have even my own little perspective on it something ad additional to the story that goes with the story that is not told in the story. Yep. And when you unpack the untruths and the, and the, and the, the pieces that are not correct, it actually uncovers really interesting pieces of my own history. So this book is, is it's really amazing. And it's funny because I went to all of the people who knew him best and said, did he write me a coded message? Like, is this legitimately what my father did? And they said, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what he did. That, yep. If you comprehend the genius that has to exist to write an entire book that is a coded message for your daughter, that's insanity. That's mm -hmm. literally insane. I disagree with you. I think it's I think it's straight up love. I think it's the type of thing I've seen you when you're in your creative vortexes. I've seen the things you've done for your daughter when she was sick. I've things seen art projects you've done with your other daughter. The inspiration is real, and you were his inspiration. And it wouldn't surprise me in any way, shape, or form that he he made this magical. He had that brain. You know it. You know it. You know it. I, do. I think it's love. Can I say driven. something about that? Yeah. Um, my granddaughter, she went through what she went through six months at children's hospital when she was 18 months old. My granddaughter is my favorite human on the planet. She is everything to me. She is my inspiration. The moment she was in the clear, we wrote a book about her, uh, and, huh. and for her and for her, because it was just the love, uh, the love that a father can have for the daughter or the grandfather can have for a granddaughter, whatever that is. There are sometimes that magic love is so to the point where when you said that, that's insane. But to me, that's like, nope, not when that love is strong <laughs> enough. That's not insane at all. 
Well, and it's it's cool because in the book he talks about one of the first stories in the book is about books and his love of reading. And he talks about how he was reading in a library, although it actually might be in the story about me. But he's reading in the library this book called um, True Believers. Mm-hmm. And he said and and Catherine started repeating all the words in the book word for word as I read them. <laughs> like he was reading them and the words were coming out of out of my mouth. Now the thing about this story is True Believer is a, is a book about how people become indoctrinated into mass movements. And so basically it could explain how QAnon happens or cults happen and things like that. Mm-hmm. The story about me repeating my father's book word for word was not in a library and it was not true believer. He was reading Ronald Reagan's book in our apartment in New York City. And I walked into the room reciting Ronald Reagan's words word for word that he was reading as he was reading them. So that's an example of, and if you go and you look at what true believer, it, so, I, so I went and I read this book and um, or I audio listen to it and um, it okay so anybody who goes out and checks out this book if you have audible definitely get the audio version there is a Vincent Price like dude reading it talking about <laughs> brainwashing people it is a trip it is a tri- like he's literally talking about how people become brainwashed and it's Vincent Price like dude it is <laughs> start laughing amazing it's just, it's like terrifying on a whole other level. You love, it's amazing. But it talks about in this book, basically the loss of hope that creates the perfect scenario for people to fall prey to people mm-hmm. who want to prey on them. Mm-hmm. And if, if you take that into context with, if you decipher this book, and a lot of what's left in it, it's 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 a roadmap for how to fix the world, for lack of a better way to put it. It's full of how to spot and understand empathy. It's full of how to understand what people need. Um, one of the things we aren't doing as producers of, of products is truly listening to our customers and asking them questions with an open mind instead of hearing answers that we think they're saying, for example, um, I don't know how much current automotive manufacturers are looking at the fact that they just lost half their customer base, but 50% of teenagers today don't ever want to drive. If they had it their way, they would never get a car. What is that? I don't know any teenagers who didn't want to get a car immediately when we were kids, right? <laughs> All right. Here's like, the thing. Where are we going that? with this? Because we have to think about wrapping it up here. We're about 10 minutes over. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I want to hear what you're saying, Sorry. but I have no idea what it is right now. The auto manufacturers, yeah, no, no, I can no, tell not... you for sure, are aware of the the demographics changing. And we talk to a lot of them a lot about that. But I can't imagine that's actually what you're saying. Or is it? Well, no, 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 no. What what I'm saying is, is you ask them the questions and you think you understand what they're trying to say, right? So what do kids want? I instead have asked them, what's wrong with driving? Why, uh, why don't you want to drive, right? And the answers that I get are, it's too complicated. There's too much going on. There's different answers that you get when you, when you approach it, not knowing what the answers you want are going to be. Mm-hmm. 
I have to agree with these kids. So, I can't drive modern cars because they're way too stressful for me. There's way too much stuff you have to do to do to undo to do to do to, to switch this and swipe that and whatever. Whereas it's all getting in the way. I don't give a shit what temperature yes. it is if I can't get to my destination and do the thing at the I same time. I couldn't do it now. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about so, that. So, well, that's, that's, that's it. So I think that we are, to wrap it up nicely with a bow, <laughs> we are all on the cusp of <laughs> the next generation of the automobile industry, and I'm here to help usher us into it. <laughs> yeah nicely done uh i will agree with you i will also say that i think i'm very excited to be alive during this time during the auto industry because i feel like this is this is what happened when the the, whole, the I, it's interesting we don't have time for this let's do another show where we talk about where the future of the automobile is because you are now an automobile manufacturer and 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 I'm somebody who talks about automobiles a lot professionally. So um, let's come back and talk about that because we both have more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. And then we need to do another one of these when you're back anyway. So we'll do a recap from the thing, and then we'll talk about all the stuff we didn't talk about tonight when you're not also in a hurry. Yeah. You, you got to a hotel in Boston and you had your computer set up in about five minutes. <laughs> yeah. We we well no it was like we ran inside and we didn't even Jason's ordering food and like we didn't unpack nothing he just put the ipad we were pulling it out in the hallway like on the table he said sit down go i can't believe you did it thank you so much it's awesome all right we love you gosh darn it uh here let's bring everybody in here for the uh for this uh for whatever uh we, we were gonna do other stuff tonight but we'll just skip it because you know because I, yeah, I went on a tangent <laughs> no you were great you were great this was all good stuff there was no agenda this was a killing time show and we have succeeded um there was a nice east coast feed we'll do it later uh some sean lee stuff with gran turismo got to gran turismo sean gave me 25 it's amazing had to get a ps5 for it it's a whole thing we're working on it <laughs> but i think um follow cat delorean follow dng motors right dng.motors on Instagram and just DNG Motors on Facebook, yes. Also, the Letterman Podcast. Producer Mike, you got a new episode tomorrow? Uh, Gabe Abelson tomorrow shot hey. with uh, Rupert G and Irene. Gabe Abelson tomorrow? Oh, sorry. I wasn't a who. It was a ooh. It was an excitement. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love, shot love with Gabe Rupert Abelson. and Irene today. They love you. They wanted me to make sure after the rain episode to know that you guys – they have so much love for you. Rupert was like at the end of the call, really, really uh, emphatic that I tell you guys how much they love you. So uh, I had some great stories that he's never told before. Uh, recording with Jeff Martin on Monday. So yeah, good stuff coming. Great, great, great. So tune into the Letterman podcast for that. Congratulations on that. And thank you for the Rupert thing. It was cool talking to Rain Wilson sitting here in the chair in our little talk show and telling him that Rupert from the late show, from the old Letterman show. <laughs> you remember Rupert? He's like, yeah, I remember Rupert. <laughs> that he was watching live. It's just, it's a fun little crazy uh, make-believe world we live in here. So um, let's see. I think that's it. We're uh, GVPC tomorrow, Sunday. We'll probably in Malibu, depending on the weather. We're supposed to get more rain here on Saturday finally dried out love you we love all of you at home i love you sis in boston love you love uh, you guys great, so much have a great time down in florida at the something cavalcade motor car cavalcade which did you know that cavalcade is producer mike's favorite word 
Oh, one of them. Well, there you go. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I love your mind and heart, Cat. Thank you for sharing the way that you do. We love, I love every you guys so much. We love everybody. Please follow everybody and do all the things. Otherwise, uh, check out the Rain Wilson episodes. Getting good, getting good reviews, good marks. Uh, we love everybody. See you out there. <laughs> Bye. 